I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody. Four more hours of this. Uh, you have a chance at some money. We got words, words every hour. One keyword at 220, 320, 420, and 520 for your chance to win some uh, bonus inflation cash from the wonderful people at iHeart. Well, I hope I make it through the show. I have joined the ranks of Deborah Mark. What's wrong? No, I'm not vegan. <laughs> well, that alone would be alarming, and I might die before the show ends. <laughs> What's wrong, Ken? I took both shots today. Uh, oh, you did a twofer, the flu shot and the booster, the COVID booster. The COVID booster, which is known as the bivalent. Mm-hmm. Why'd you B-I- take the flu shot? He's smart. It's a bad flu season. Yeah, but he's, he's been uh, complaining about not never taking a flu shot for years and years. I took one last year was the first time. You didn't know that? What I think sh- I talked about it on the air. Yeah. I don't remember. He, yeah, See, he she remembers. I do. What? Well, all right, you pay attention. That's right. I get a star for you today. Get, very good. You're in the yes. front of the class. Let's put her in the front seat. All right. I'm in the back of the class and I'm doodling. What, uh, uh, but what, what changed your mind on the, uh, uh, the flu shot? You, oh, on the flu shot? Oh, you're only interested in the flu shot question. I see. Well, because you used to be adamant about never taking it. Yeah, because they're normally wrong. That's correct. They have to kind of figure out what might be the most common strain that's spreading. And, uh, but they're, they're right often now? wrong. No, I don't know that they're right. I figured I'm getting a shot. I might as well get two. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And it was weird because I woke up this morning and Pfizer is saying, because John was right, they did not test this latest booster. This latest booster is supposed to target Omicron and a couple of other variants. It's really not that different from the original uh, coronavirus vaccine. But today, uh, Pfizer and BioNTech said that they've taken a look because this has been out since September. It's only two months worth of data. But it seems to be boosting antibodies strongly for people who are over the age of 55. Four times as much, possibly. So it's a small control group. Yeah. You're going to know more in 55-year-old mice. Uh, I, it says people here. Mm, okay. Are there mice that lived past 55? Because that would be whatever they got. <laughs> I'd like some because that means I could live to 300 maybe. I don't know. Mice oh, don't God. Who would want to live to 300? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Can you imagine? Yeah. Well, because don't you, you guys like your life? 
I, I don't want to look say, like but, a 300 But you can't old. walk and you can't think and you look like you sound like Biden. I will check you in the nursing home at 90 and I'll say, hey, do you like your life? You want to live just, another 200 years? I'm trying to say, remember people used to only live in their 30s? But, right. but your effectiveness is over at a certain point. You can stay technically no, alive, I, but... I think the human body is incredible, and I think there's a chance that uh, you could feel it at 150 like you feel today at 60. Wow. No. no. He's not buying that. No. You're I'm not, not buying either. it either, Devin no. Mark? No. You people think small. You really <laughs> no. do. No. You're I've, very limited. In fact, I was, just, I was just talking at lunch with a friend of mine today about oh, no, an exit bag. No, an exit bag. And he said, oh, what's an exit bag? And I explained it to him, and he nodded. He goes, hey. Interested, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. He was interested. He wanted to know more. I, I have one in my raincoat pocket here. Where, where can I get this exit bag? I mean, wow. he was, he was How tell, bad is his life? He was telling me you can go to Switzerland and uh, they'll take you out if you ask. <laughs> yes, uh, very nicely. That's it. Well, there yeah, are some really conditions. Nicely. No, there are it's no like conditions you, in Switzerland. You can just. Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. I, um, I mean, California has it, but you have to be certainly uh, terminally ill or something in California. You yeah. have to have two doctors, right? Well, yeah, there's a whole thing here. Or, you know what? There's fentanyl pills everywhere now. They hand it out at yeah, all the schoolyards. Right. So. I, which we keep making the point why don't they use those to execute people if they're that effective? Yes, I, that's I, an I, excellent I idea, right? And you might go out with a real high. Can you right? believe how, how idiotic it is? They've been arguing for so many years about uh, whether uh, one way or another is effective or humane. And then you got people dropping by the tens of thousands from, from uh, one fentanyl pill. Let's see. That's how we get caught up in the semantics of the argument. Exactly right. Yeah. It's, uh, well, Deborah Mark, we're in a very, very select group. You know what percentage of Americans ages five and up have gotten this new booster? No. Five, uh, eight. Oh, 8%. wow. In fact, there's a significant number of people that have not even heard of it. <laughs> so and the answer is, and John would understand, people are tuned out. They really are after yeah. coming up on three years of this. I, I think that's the it. quickest way to get people uh, to, uh, to tune out is to mention that uh, word, COVID. And I think Probably. most people shut down. So. I, I think you're right. Nobody cares. It's, uh, that's, uh, that's about as relevant as the 1918 Spanish flu. Right. You used to get the flu shot every year, though. You did not this year? Uh, I remember you used to. Your, your family I, doctor or somebody gave you a shot, you told me. I, I would go to the local drugstore. Oh, well, that's and, where I went. You know, I'm, I'm my, uh, the health director at home has uh, issued a, <laughs> an order, but I just have uh, dodged it so far. Oh, an order for the flu shot. Yes. What, not the booster, though? No. No, okay. I'm not. What do you no. get? Memos from the health director? Uh, I do. I, I get memos. Something on the refrigerator? <laughs> it's texts on my phone. You should get the flu shot. How many stories have we done that this is going to be a really, really bad flu season? And maybe it won't, but maybe it will. So then you'll be protected. I tend to believe the opposite of those stories, though. Uh, those, are usually, those are just scare clickbait stories. You don't, I don't want the flu. You don't, I'll ta- you I don't, don't want to count take all the people who don't get the flu, though. You only count the people who do get it. Yes, I've had the flu once, and it was horrendous. Once. I never Once, and I once. never want to get it again. Right, okay. It was so bad. You've been alive for 29 years, and you got it once. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough reason. 29 years still, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, what I did not know, too, is that uh, the TSA has extended the rule until January 8th of next year. All travelers entering the U.S. must show proof of vaccination. I didn't know that. I, didn't, I thought that went away. We're the only country in the Western world that's still doing that. China does it. That that's, is weird, huh? That's stupid. That's... And that you, you're seeing now who has the power issues and who has the psychological issues. 
you know, I still see mass holes walking around the West Side. Especially, oh, like, yeah, you know, see, you know I saw like a middle-aged guy again alone in his car. And I'm thinking, what kind of issues do you have? He's not an Uber driver? No. No, he's just a regular guy. Even most of those guys have removed it. No. It's like, so what, 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 like, what's your mental issue? <laughs> I, well, I went to a CVS and a Target. There was probably 10% of people with masks. I was people, surprised. People who go to CVSs, yeah. People are, because people who think you, you, go, you go to a CVS, you're picking up prescriptions, you're sick. Oh, there's all sorts of yeah. germs in there. Yeah, right. They're going That's to pick up point. tests. They're going to get Paxlovid. Yeah. But you don't do that. No. You don't put a mask on when you go into pharmacy. No, nowhere. Okay, I just wanted to check, but you're kind of half defending it, so. No, I, I know why they do it, but they're they're being silly. Yeah. But there's a lot of silly people in the world. And there's a new term associated with all this nonsense that I just learned today, coronasomnia. <laughs> yeah, that is the inability to get sleep because people are panicked about the pandemic. Do you have that? I do not. That's not one it's of the my... only somnia you don't. That have. is the only somnia I don't have. You have That's earthquake correct. somnia. Yes. Tsunami somnia. No, I'm okay with that one, but uh, but no, I don't have this latest one. I like a ring of that tsunami somnia. <laughs> Say that twenty tsunami. times fast. Yeah, tsunami no, somnia. <laughs> earthquake somnia. Uh, one good quote in here though from one of the well, he's the director. I think it's a man, Elon Avidan director of the UCLA Sleep Disorder Center. I guess you have to sit there all day and just study people who sleep and figure out, you know, what the problems That's are. That's what they do. I know I knew a guy who was a sleep researcher. Is that right? Did he stay yeah. awake? Uh, actually, they, they studied sleep in, uh, in, uh, in animals first, like mice and rats. So he had... Do you it, think animals get insomnia? It seems like dogs, cats, they'll just sleep whenever they want all day and they never look bothered. What you kind know, of stress could I, they have? I never talked to one. I don't know. Well, you have one. Does it I look have like one. it's restless and not sleeping? Um, if he doesn't get exercise, if he doesn't get a walk, oh, I then see. he's really jumpy at night and is annoying. Oh, okay. But if he gets a long walk, then he's much more relaxed and calm. Well, apparently we are hardwired to perhaps have cases of insomnia. I never thought of this before, but it's... It's hardwired into our bodies and our evolution that being asleep is associated with being eaten by our predators. So uh, you, you oh, go I back see you know, yeah. a long time ago, right? There right. could have been animals that were so, eating the cavemen. Right. So the person who has insomnia, insomnia problems gets eaten less often, right? They're easily stirred, and they see the, uh, the wild boar about to consume them. Right, that's that, that's kind of the roots of it, and, right? And then you pass you have to somewhat be vigilant back then because yeah, you could be eaten by some you, large animal. You pass your insomnia genes on. That's correct. Where the person without insomnia dies in his cave, doesn't produce any kids, and so natural selection favors those with insomnia. Oh, interesting. Yes, yeah, I guess you, that is yeah. a logical scientific possibility. Like Deborah's cave, her ancestors. Mm -hmm. There must wow. have been a lot of. Uh, Lots of wild animals breaking in. And, mm. and your people were up all the time, all mm -hmm. night long. Oh, yes. and I think it went beyond wild animals. Her <laughs> ancestors must have just had a hundred things that kept them awake at night. So oh, yeah. yeah. It's still there in her yeah. genetics. Yeah, it is. Thanks, <laughs> guys. <laughs> Thanks for that. All right. When we return, uh, money is available. That's right. If you can get it, you could win it. You're going to have the keywords. You'll need that. It's next. John and Ken KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You probably know by now that tonight's lottery has reached 1.6 billion. 
It is now in the Guinness Book of Records. It has broken the world record for the largest national lottery jackpot in the world. Good to know. The California Lottery tweeted that out because they wanted to buy more tickets and be a sucker. Uh, one in 292 million are your odds of having all six numbers. Nobody, by the way, has done that. This, is, this will be the 40th Powerball drawing since somebody won the large jackpot with all the numbers back in August. They, they've rigged this. So it will what? tie the game record for the number of consecutive drawings without a grand prize winner if nobody wins tomorrow how, night. How, how often do they run these? Three times a week. And in fact, it used to be two, but they increased it to three so times a three week. three times a week and nobody's won since the first week in August? Not, not the grand prize, no. I'm supposed to trust They've won this. the lesser prizes, like five out of six numbers. So I'm supposed to trust this and believe in this? Nobody it, wins? I, new conspiracy. Yeah, it's one thing. It wouldn't be new. I'm no, sure there's a already a conspiracy. It's, it's one thing to have... Uh, a contest where your odds are one in uh, 1,100 trillion or whatever it is. It's another one where nobody ever wins. Uh, give me another 40 bucks. Here's some more tickets. Oh, look at that. Nobody won again. Oh, well, come back. Come back. Hold on. We'll have another contest. Well, you have to give figure me another out $40. Oh, how look at that. Nobody won again. How many number combinations there are, right? And then how many tickets are sold? And, of course, uh, I don't know how the machine spits them out. It could be spitting out some of the same numbers to okay. people because that's why they share prizes. But it's your money. If you want to enter money in a contest that nobody ever wins, it's fine. Well, free country. I've kind of decided maybe I shouldn't. I looked at an article from National Public Radio. I don't know why I did that. And I feel shamed because it turns out, John, that state lotteries are systemically racist. <laughs> they are? Yes. This is all part of... Uh, <laughs> The reckoning that we all need to have. The reckoning? And, uh, maybe you hadn't thought about this. Oh, my God. But, yeah, uh, and I, it's obvious right. you can probably figure out the argument. I will play along. Why are state lotteries systemically racist? Well, marketing and advertising apparently are being done on a predatory level. Predatory. They're targeting low-income communities, mm -hmm. particularly those of people of color, black and brown people. But, Here's Timothy Fong co-director of the Gambling Studies Program at UCLA. Look at that. It's the second time this half hour we've mentioned a, a unique program at UCLA. Sleep disorders and now gambling studies. Yeah, they're doing a lot of good work there. There are people who do develop unhealthy relationships with the lottery, and they develop a gambling use mm -hmm. disorder. Gambling it, use disorder? Yes, it's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Is that uh, it's called GUD? That's a... It's like he's Newsom. He's channeling Newsom here by using a, a more oh complicated God. term for I got a somebody. I got a case of GUD. GUD? Yes, somebody's gambling an addict, disorder. Right. I... There's a tremendous amount of advertising and marketing that's pro-lottery. Uh -huh. Yeah, well, sure. They want to sell tickets and grab money for... So uh, what? So don't Even on my Twitter it. feeds, I see a lot, he what? says. What is it with these... But there's uh, a simple uh, explanation uh, for this. People of low income are desperate and they'd like to have a shot at some excitement and maybe change in their lives by winning big money. Yeah. It's not going to happen, but but that's people who are well off don't need that dream. So they don't participate. I don't know why this is so hard to understand. It's not. It's not racist. They make it up. They ju they just make it up. Um they also this progressive crowd is is really racist in their beliefs. They don't think that people of color have the ability to ignore the advertising or, or withstand the advertising like a advertising has, has some magical effect based on the color of your skin 
Yeah, and the lighter is, uh... your skin, the less effect the advertising has. Now, I'd like to hear a scientific explanation for that. Why is it the amount of melanin in my skin has anything to do with how I receive advertising messages? No. No. They're a bunch of racists. More to do with the disproportionate number of people that happen to live in low-income you know communities being black and brown. Yep. And the chance that they feel that they could change their lives by even you know winning, what you know a million dollars anybody who pushes these ideas they're the racists they're the ones who have a uh, a negative impression of the race that they claim to be analyzing and trying to help they think that people of color are our our minds are completely controlled by advertising in a way that white people's minds aren't that's that 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 is an, an absurd racist concept. Boy, he's making an argument to to limit, I guess, the advertising. Is that what he's saying? Should there be caps on it? He's calling it a potentially addictive product, like it's cigarettes or something. I, a lot oh, of you have to... Now, you, Boy, you the nugget want... in this story, though, that really shocked me, the average adult in the U.S. spends $320 a year on tickets? Wow. I'm nowhere near that, but I guess that's an average. It must be people that spend thousands. And, and there are no winners. Well, there are winners, but they're for not few for, and far between. Yeah, not not for uh, not for two and a half months. No, it doesn't compensate. There are no winners. For, well, no, again, no grand prize winner. Look, you get five out of six numbers, especially I, right now. That's the size. That's like a million dollars. These or more. these progressive but buffoons really have trouble with a free country. In a free country, you could waste your money on nonsense. Everybody does. It's just a matter of degree. Oh, oh! listen to this quote. This is even better. Did we mention yesterday that, you know, lottery monies tend sometimes to go to schools? Mm-hmm. Uh, who's this guy? Bernal. I have to get his full name here. Uh, anyway, he says you have low-income people especially, essentially paying for college scholarships for middle-class and upper-class families to go to college. It's the American dream well, completely in reverse. Well, then don't do that. He's arguing that the people that buy lottery tickets and they're usually low-income people are subsidizing wealthier people who benefit from the education money. Yeah. Ah. Okay. So don't do that. Don't buy. Don't buy. Don't buy tickets. People. You won't be subsidizing anybody. I don't subsidize anybody's education through my lottery buying tickets. Yeah, because you don't buy them. I don't buy them. I know. What? Why is? Why is it so oh, hard? Less. What, oh. <laughs> but tell me why it's so hard to not do something. This is Les Bernal. You know what he is? The National Director for Stop Predatory Gambling. <laughs> oh, they've added the word predatory. Oh, that's to make it more dramatic. Because people stop listening to them. So it's like, you know, we need a new name to get people's attention. Let's call it predatory gambling. All right. When we come back, well, there are some new things to talk about, believe it or not, in the Pelosi story. The attack on Paul Pelosi at the Pelosi home in San Francisco. We have more details from the police reports and the 911 call and all of that to go through and something that happened with NBC News this morning and all of that coming up. It's getting a little suspicious again, isn't it? I I disagree, and I'll explain why. I figured the whole thing out. I have all the answers. I think the fish is starting to smell. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, don't forget the website has our voter's guide if you're going to vote this weekend because it's going to rain on Tuesday. I don't know. It could be very dangerous going out there to vote in person. You might want to do early voting, either could by be, mail or to a voting center. Could be dangerous. Yeah, it could be very scary. You may not get there. Could stand in the rain. Anyway, uh, check it out at KFIAM640.com, the John and Ken page. 
Monday at 5 o'clock. It is our, uh, well, the one and only hour of candidates. You will get 30 seconds to explain to our audience why you should be elected to whatever it is you're running for. I was told no judges. No? No judges? No judges. Okay. And nobody running for committees or something like that? Right. Good. That's two good ideas. Okay. No judges, <laughs> no uh, committees. Uh, so uh, otherwise, if you're running or you know somebody that is, Monday at 5 o'clock is the time and place to be here. Uh, you call 1-800-520-1534. All right. So a couple of stories dealing with the Pelosi break-in and the hammering of Paul Pelosi by this man, uh, David DiPape. Uh, this happened exactly a week ago in San Francisco. Uh, we're going to talk about an NBC News story that got retracted, but I, I think a pretty good rundown has come from USA Today, which uh, pieced together court records, news conferences, police reports, video from body-worn cameras, a recording of the 911 call, and other evidence. And it starts out by saying, of course, he did use a hammer to smash his way into the house. Or did he use a hammer to smash his way out? I don't know, but anyway. Uh, he... DePape said he was not surprised that he was caught on ring security cameras. He didn't, he didn't care. I mean, he was on a mission. What he was surprised at is that that did not wake up Paul Pelosi when he smashed his way in because mm. he found him asleep in the bed. Well, Pelosi could have had a few cocktails, remember. <laughs> it's possible. So he's standing over Pelosi with the hammer in his right hand and then the zip ties in his left hand. Are you Paul Pelosi? Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Pelosi's pretty groggy. She's not here. When's she coming back? She's in Washington. She's not going to be back for a couple of days. Then he threatened to tie up Pelosi about 10 times, but it didn't ten, really happen. 10 threats or he was going to tie up I, I kept different saying ways. it. I got to tie you up or I'm going to tie you up. Oh, I see. That's, uh, that's apparently what happened. So Pelosi stands up, tries to leave by an elevator near the bedroom, but DePape held the door, prevented him from doing that. DePape later told police he blocked the door because he thought it would lead to a safe room. No, oh, that was pretty good thinking on his part, huh? Yeah, DePape was uh, thinking a lot more sharply than Pelosi was. Well, he's awake, and he's not 82. Yeah. And he's not, well, you already mentioned it. Uh, he's not post-cocktails. Pelosi sat back down on the bed, asked, why do you want to see my wife? Well, she's number two in the line for the presidency, right? we got to take them all out. Yeah, the husband agrees. Pelosi asked if uh, he could call anyone, thinking maybe we can get help for this man. Uh, but he ominously responded, this is the end of the road for you, Mr. Pelosi. Hmm. Pelosi then asked to use the bathroom, which DePape allowed, but Pelosi's cell phone was charging in the bathroom. That's unusual. So Is he it, turned it on and called 911 at 2.23 a.m. and put the phone on the speaker function. Mr. Pelosi was not security-oriented. You're right. You should think you have your cell phone right near you in case you need to make a call. Yeah. Unless, he has charging in the bathroom. Unless Nancy wakes him up in the middle of the night and starts yelling at him, so he, he hides eh. the phone in the other room. Or he's 82 and he has to pee a lot, so, you know, he might be in there more than the bed. <laughs> DePape later told police he knew the call was being recorded, but felt Pelosi had pushed him into a corner by making the call. DePape watched him for about three, watched him from three feet away while still holding the hammer and the zip ties. During the call, Pelosi explained to the dispatcher, there's a man here waiting for Nancy Pelosi to come back, but she's not going to come back for at least a day. DePape gestured and said, get off the phone. So to defuse the situation, Pelosi told the dispatcher that he did not need police, fire, or medical assistance. But Pelosi then asked for Capitol Police because they're usually at the house protecting his wife. The dispatcher then realized, uh-oh, so she called city police. 
So what he was trying to do was make the Pope think that nobody was coming, but sending a message that somebody should come. And apparently it worked. Uh, Pelosi asked the Pope, I don't know, what do you think? And it says here, another man was heard responding, everything's good. Then uh, well, Pelosi that, that said, the, the, the Pope's the other man. Yeah. And then Pelosi told the dispatcher, uh, he thinks everything's good. Uh, I've got a problem, but he thinks everything's good. You see the code in that sort of? I've got a problem, but he thinks so everything's good. So why doesn't he slam the bathroom door oh, and, and lock, lock it? Because he'll smash it in with the hammer and kill you? Well, you could get you could get some weapons yourself. You could take, like, the top of the toilet tank <laughs> and use that as a shield and start swinging yeah, it at his could. head. But the, you see the puppy's or get some. This I bet guy's you, 82, so I, I know, know, but I bet you there's something in, the like, the cabinet, maybe some I, rubbing alcohol that you, 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 you could splash into his face. My whole belief here, and it's a couple of reasons why, I think Pelosi was trying desperately not to agitate this man at all, but trying to figure out a way to get help. But he did not want the Pope to go nuts with the hammer. So he kept trying, I think, to be calm and to not say anything that would that would rile him up. I also think, and here's Didn't a Didn't do any twist. good, though. See, I think this it's is, better to this... go on offense. Well... But I, that's not who this person is. This is Nancy Pelosi's husband. He should have had a gun. He uh, might be feeling some sympathy for a crazy person. He should also. have. He should have had a gun in in the drawer in his in his in his bedroom. Yeah, and a bazooka. Well, no, considering who he is, who she is, he's worth one hundred and twenty million dollars. Nancy Pelosi, yeah, is second in line to the presidency, and is is an extremely controversial figure. And he's got windows on his door that aren't bulletproof. Or smash proof. Yeah. I mean, I've watched all the videotape of these jewelry stores. Some of the jewelry stores have smash proof windows you can't get in. They're slamming and slamming and slamming, or they're slamming the glass cases that have the uh, the, the jewelry inside. I, I just can't believe that uh, these two didn't have it. So now here's where the story takes a twist where I think led in, somewhat into conspiracy land. Uh, the dispatcher said, who's that other man with you? My name is David. I'm a friend of theirs. Pelosi said, I don't know the man. And no, he wants me to get the hell off the phone. The dispatcher offered to stay on the line, but cops sent to the house when the intruder forced Pelosi to hang up. Uh, the dispatcher issued a priority A on the wellness check. Uh, I got to go back in. Damn it. I got hit with a... Uh... But... Uh, one of those stupid messages came up, and I can't can't clear it. Oh, an ad? Yes. And I hold it. I got to go back in to pull up the story again. <laughs> <laughs> You've been hacked. Well, it's did you have you run into it? It's a, it's it says you're a security risk. You need to get it. It's the yes. Oh, it happens on my computer. You're no, I've not been risk. hacked. It's been a. Do you have the story in front of you? Can you yeah, pick I do. up where I am? Okay, go ahead. Well, I I don't remember where you were. Uh, they have just hanging up the call with the nine one one operator. Get to the part where the police arrive. All right. Uh, yes. The uh, okay. Here After the call, the poppy said he was tired and needed to sleep. And the poppy also said he had a backpack downstairs with a whole bunch of stuff inside. So the poppy walked behind Pelosi as they headed downstairs, turning on the lights. Pelosi could see where the poppy entered the house. I guess that's the smashed window. The right. poppy allegedly said he had to bash windows several times to break through. And the poppy said the police would be there any minute. And Pelosi tried to calm him down by saying they wouldn't. I can take you out, the poppy said. The poppy came around Pelosi with the hammer in his right hand. 
Pelosi, who feared DePoppy would strike him, grabbed the hammer's handle. And that's when, at 2.31 a.m., police officers Colby Wilms and Kyle Cagney arrived at the house. Wilms rang the doorbell, but DePoppy told Pelosi not to open it. Pelosi opens the door with his left hand. In the dimly lit foyer, Pelosi nervously but calmly greeted the officers. Everything's good, DePoppe replied when the officers asked what was going on. Now, I've seen conspiracy reports that say Pelosi said that. When an officer turned on the flashlight, police could see DePoppe was holding the hammer with one hand, Pelosi's right arm with the other. Pelosi had his hand on top of the hammer, dropped the hammer, said a cop. Nope, said DePoppe. And then he tried to pull the hammer away from Pelosi and wrenched his right arm. At that time, Pelosi said, hey, hey, hey. He couldn't keep his grip on the hammer. Cop now yells out what's going on here. And DePoppe gets the hammer away and steps back and hits Pelosi in the head with full force. Now, now in the NBC report that they pulled, they had Pelosi answering the door and then walking back towards DePoppe. Right. This version says Pelosi was able to open the door with one arm while he's still holding on to the hammer with DePoppe. I don't know. But I... What I got out of this is Pelosi is trying to defuse this guy and make sure he doesn't go crazy with the hammer. And I'm pretty convinced they don't know each other. <laughs> and You don't think I, he was a special friend? Yeah, there's a pretty good story in the Chronicle that said some of the initial information put out by the police got confusing and they got twisted into conspiracies. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it's a special friend. <laughs> well, I don't know. People have special friends. They, they do. Maybe he was just coming over on a wellness check. And maybe we have to wait another week before we get the bombshell story. But uh, I, just I just don't, don't understand the police response here. And the police didn't seem to know it was Paul Pelosi. Because most times police departments know who the high-profile celebrities or politicians are. They have a special list. Yeah, there seemed to be two guys on the overnight that didn't really get... Uh... But like that, that, like right away everybody knows, oh my God, that's the Pelosi house. Because there isn't a bigger, there's very few bigger names than Pelosi in San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, that house has to be really famous, well-known for the police, because they cover it. They have to, have to patrol it all the time. I uh, don't know. We got uh, more coming up. I don't know. We'll have a few more thoughts. I have an odor that I'm picking up about this. Oh, I thought you were smelling. You didn't shower. No, 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 no. Forgot no, the deodorant. There's you an just odor. announced I have an odor. No, I have an odor that I'm picking up. I'm, there's something in the air on this story. Yeah, it's not. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. What happened? Mm. You had some... Uh... I think I, I had a little too much lunch. Oh, hamburger? Hamburger, but uh, I went out with a friend, and the, the, the guy brought extras that we didn't order, and we ate them, and now I'm feeling... Oh, you overate. I'm feeling bloated. Oh, no. You have a cure, Deborah Mark? Things aren't digesting I... right. A gummy? Mm, I, don't, I don't have anything. Mm, sorry. Oh, I'm okay. Maybe take yeah, a few just... deep breaths. No, you also I'm, eat too fast, right. right? Do you scarf them down in 30 seconds like you usually uh, do? Or... No, no, it's just uh, just uh, excessive. Excessive consumption. All right. Because you're going to make me tell the cheesesteak story. Again. <laughs> <laughs> she likes that one. We all do. I mean, there was a steak story. That's different. Actually, one that happened at the station is one that happened in your home. There's actually a, been a lot of those incidents. Oh, there has. I've had to See? retrain myself on how to eat. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So some yes. real steps were taken. Uh, well, let's say, uh, self-improvement steps. But it, it didn't worked? happen today. Yeah, I wasn't saying it didn't work today. Uh, no, no, no. This is something separate. This is just a little indigestion. Oh. But okay. um, no, I had to retrain what I do and at the speed. 
Just eating, you're talking about? or other Eating. Things? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You made a very generic statement, so I thought it was involving many aspects of your life. No. Uh, oh, you know what? Today, something uh, interesting happened. We're, we're, of course, uh, today is Moist Line Friday. We'll have those callers at 520 and 550. Now, we do have a hack for the dumpster. The committee voted earlier in the week. This was unanimous to throw this person into the dumpster. Then something happened yesterday, which made them reconvene because this person sort of recanted. But they're still going to the dumpster. Well, yeah, because it's just words. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not doing all that well in the election. Exactly I, right. You, so. you know, there comes a point in a campaign where it doesn't matter what you say. Uh, you're now desperate and flailing, and you'll say anything to, tr to try to avoid losing. So you're completely discredited. Uh, in fact, when you've been in charge, uh, you should be only judged by what you did. And if you screwed up, then you screwed up, and you're punished by being removed from office. And then, you, you know, the last week's, well, you know, upon further consideration, I've decided. It's like, shut up. You're done. Yeah, I look at the polls Cooked. and said, oh, that was a bad thing to say. How can I recant yeah, it? Or I how can I. What they say. Walk it back. What what six-year-old still goes by what a person says? It's what they do. Yes. hundred times out of a hundred is what they do. Not what they say in the last week of an election. They, they're afraid they're going to lose. All right. Well, we have another snake story. Uh, the one we brought you last week was a terrible one where a woman got consumed by a snake in Indonesia. This time, where most of the snake attacks happen in the world, or actually or snake bites, is India. I guess India has a lot of snakes. 85% of deadly snake bites recorded in 2019 happened in India. Is that right? Oh, I'm never going there. Well, no, I don't think you're that, killing that, tourists. That clinches it. No, I don't go to places where there are snakes. Okay. There are snakes everywhere, but... No. There might be more of them in I India. think there's more poisonous ones in India. You got well, we have a little boy playing in his backyard. He's only eight years old named Deepak. And before you think this is going to go south for Deepak, you need to listen. An adult cobra came upon him, wound itself around his arm, and started to sink its fangs into Deepak's flesh. He tried to shake the snake off, but... He decided there's only one more thing I can possibly do. He bit it and he killed it. How's that? Man bites snake and kills it. Boy, he, see snake. there he went on offense. I mean, <laughs> he didn't just he didn't just stand there and get squeezed to death like everybody else. Oh, plus it could have attacked him with its venom. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. uh, I mean that that woman last week, what'd she do? She stood there until I the snake what... squeezed the life out of her and then ate her. I wonder why his bite killed the snake. We don't have poisoned venom in our... Uh, unless he hit something sensitive. Yeah, he must have hit something. Did he bite uh, the head off? Uh, no, I... <laughs> doesn't say, say. I looked. I want to know where he bit. Because I uh, want to... Wanna... He got lucky because the cobra bit him, but it was a dry bite. And it did not release any venom. So he has shown no symptoms and is recovering fast. Dry bites are often administered by adult snakes who have full control over the deployment of venom from their glands. Maybe this one didn't feel like using its venom, thought this kid was easy prey, so... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if snakes think. They don't, I, <laughs> I don't think it is kind of instinct, then, right? The tiny little brain, I don't think there's rational thought going on. Yeah, I'm trying to see in this story the explanation as to how his bite would kill the snake. This is mostly the stories about... People getting bitten by snakes. Yeah, I guess there's everybody's got a weak spot there. Yeah, he, he bit the snake in just the right place to take it out. Yeah, that's a life lesson there. 
going if, offense. If like back. You know what? That's a, what Paul Pelosi should have done. Paul Pelosi should have bit that guy instead of taking a hammer to the head. Some people are not inherently violent. Well, then, you apparently then, are. Then, then they don't survive. That this is be. natural selection again. He decided to use the calm method of trying to talk the sure. intruder down and, and got acting the, calm and making his nine one one call surreptitiously. That was a different strategy. You know what? I think, and this is easier said than I mean, done. Again, he's eighty two, and this guy's in his forties. Is he really going to outfight him? Well, if, if he had a gun, depend, sure, he could shoot him quickly, what you do. But, well, that's why he should have had a weapon at his bed. Since he, since uh, he's Nancy Pelosi's husband and half the country hates Nancy, then you got to you got to be armed. You got to be ready to go into battle. I'm serious. Okay. I'm not kidding. But all this leads you to eventually conclude that this is an inside job, and he knew this guy. And he was there for a, I an encounter. That. I know, but you're getting suspicious. You said there was an odor. I there I there's something about the story that doesn't make sense to me, hmm. and I I can't put my finger on it entirely. I don't understand the way the police reacted. I don't understand why the police didn't know who it was. I don't know why they didn't go in there aggressively and 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 disarm Hammerman. Uh, they didn't seem to know what was going on. They stood there asking questions. What's going on here? Well, they I, don't want to kill an innocent person in case they've misunderstood what's going on. I say the guy holding Cops the hammer. Cops are always accused of being too quick to shoot without any well, questions. That's a whole other issue. But, but, but I'm, I'm saying the cops should have done something, should have charged the guy with the hammer. See, see, it, because here's the thing. If you're locked in a room, you got a guy with a hammer, right? That guy wins. He's always going to win. You're 82. He's whatever his age is, 40-something. All right, so what's your? you don't have much of an advantage to begin with here, right? He's half your age, probably twice as strong, and he's got a hammer, and he's crazy. What do you got? You got an old body. You might That's still why have- he used his wits to stay calm. Try to, to make got, sure the uh, shooter, he, the uh, the intruder, didn't become aggressive. But he got the hammer anyway. So his method—you reach for a gun, he may be faster than you, and he'll hammer you to death right on the spot. No, not you, know, you have an element of surprise. Bullet, bullet. Plus, beats you said hammer. Paul Pelosi could have been drinking. He might not have been able to reach. Well, a gun that's very another quickly. thing. You shouldn't put yourself in a compromising position. Like but we that. don't know that. I, I didn't say he was drinking. But what I'm saying is, I, I'm serious about this because I, I I've thought through this stuff. And, and part of self-protection is having a good offense, having a weapon to fight back with, having some kind of element of surprise to gain the advantage in the moment. I don't think, and this is not just true for an intruder, but in any situation in life, when someone is coming at you in some way, laying there and taking it is almost guarantees your defeat. That's the worst thing but to do. But this situation was more particular than that. He was there to see Nancy Pelosi, who was not there. I'm not it's going not by like what he was there just to kill you. I'm not going by what he says. Oh. He's crazy. He's angry. He has a hammer. I don't. All right. Okay. We got more coming up. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to talk about the LA mayor's race. Really close. Come the election Tuesday. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at First Listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.